Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for August the 7th. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. And for those that don't know, this is a gaming news-oriented morning show where I bring you the hottest gaming news coming out of the gaming industry over the course of about a 24-hour period, and I bring it in this awesome little concise package so you guys don't have to wander around the internet looking for interesting articles like I do every morning at 6 a.m., but we have a bit of a light episode today. Not too much has happened over the course of the past day. Some stuff that's worth mentioning, especially if you are into Fallout 76, which is Bethesda's next big game that's getting into the world of online. Uh, It's going to be kind of like an MMO, but not really kind of a... It's a weird little game, but I really am excited about it. It actually made my top five list of games that I am looking forward to this fall. Uh, however, we have some more info about that, what's going to be in the BETA, as they call it, but it's actually just, as you would guess, a beta. Uh, it's going to be available in an interesting format on the PC. Dota 2 veterans have been steamrolled by an AI team. Showtime's Halo TV series is going to feature a prominent character. You can probably guess who it is. Fortnite for Android is, of course, not going to be using Google Play, but we have an idea of where it may end up. And Microsoft has joined an interesting movies program coming to us from Disney. And those are the stories of the day. Like I said, relatively light episode when you compare it to a regular one. So if you haven't ever watched the show before or listened to it on a podcast service like Google Play, like Apple Podcasts, wherever you might get your information, uh, then you might be a little bit shocked at how brief and concise this is. But hey, that's what this is about is bringing the news to you in a very affordable, digestible, interesting way. I chose some very interesting adjectives there as well. Uh, but again, thank you guys for joining me today. Of course, if you're watching for the first time, I really do appreciate it. The show has been growing immensely lately, and I'm really proud uh, of where we're going overall. So hopefully that will continue to flourish, and uh, it's always been a good time since I've been doing this since March. Uh, but without further delay, let's go ahead and jump into the gaming news of the day. And also, we don't have the we don't have the video up, which is always really nice. Hold on, let me let me refresh some things. A little bit of a uh, a little bit of a break there, and boom, there it should be. There it is, fantastic. The Fallout 76 beta contains the full game, and your progress carries over to the final version. Whether you intend to try the Fallout 76 beta or not, once it begins rolling out in October, we'll get an eyeful. The beta will be the full game, and all your progress is saved for launch, according to Bethesda. It's worth reiterating that the beta won't be under a non-disclosure agreement, so participants read anyone who pre-orders Fallout 76 to gain access can share all of the screens and videos that they want. We are absolutely going to see ridiculous, hilarious glitches. It's called the Break It Early Test application for a reason, but more than that, I can already envision people racing to max out their characters, Sow Chaos, So Chaos, excuse me, and unearth every last secret they can dig up before launch on November the 14th. So this is going to be a very interesting beta, because normally when you hear a beta, uh, you think that it's going to be a small portion of the game. It's going to be a bit of a, a tester, if you will, such as last weekend's Call of Duty beta. It kicked off for Black Ops 4, and you could level up to a certain level and then there was no more of course not all of the maps were included not all of the guns were displayed there were a lot of little restrictions uh, that made the beta for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 a little bit lesser than you would get from the full game and that's going to be repeated this weekend and whenever they unlock blackout the new BR mode and stuff like that but that's normally how a beta tends to go and we'll see the same kind of thing for Battlefield 5 etc but with this game it specifically needs to be the full game because if you limit the characters and you limit the players to a specific portion of the game 
you have no idea what's going to be happening with the rest of that product. Is it going to work? Is it going to function well? You know, how is everything going to shake out when it comes to the end game when people are actually in the world experiencing everything there is to experience, all the little intricacies, uh, everything that's going on? And I think that if you didn't unlock the entirety of the game, then you would be really, really meddling with something you don't want to meddle with. That's a very dangerous little slippery slippery slope to go down uh, whenever you have a giant online-based game that hasn't been thoroughly tested and you know put through the ringer by the community um you know game testers that are in-house can only do so much there's only so much they can be done on the back end before it goes out into the public and it just ends up you know trying something new and it ends up you know trying to uh bring more people into the mix you have to really really make sure that it's doing that well before you send it out it's hard to explain uh but overall the fact that the fallout 76 beta is going to be containing the full game is a very awesome sign uh that it's going to be doing things correctly in the right way uh, and i'm excited to see more about what we get whenever it comes out in november uh right before the holiday season of course this is going to be one of the biggest holiday games of the year so i expect it to be a pretty good game uh, overall, I want to reiterate every time I talk about Fallout, uh, specifically Fallout 76, when it comes to the Fallout games, you have to understand that Fallout 76 is not going to be Fallout 5. Make no mistake, this is not a sequel to what happened with Fallout 4. This is not the next big mainline Fallout game. Uh, as said in an actual interview uh, for Noclip in a documentary containing everything about Bethesda and Fallout and Elder Scrolls and stuff like that, really awesome video. Uh, if you want to put it into a specific set of words this is the fallout 4 multiplayer that never made it into the full game so literally this is on the same engine running the same kind of setting except for west virginia it's going to be a lot like fallout 4 uh, but with online so if that doesn't sound like your kind of thing if you were looking forward to a brand new fallout game then this is technically it but not really it uh, however that's to the side it's fallout tons of people are going to be buying it tons of people are going to be playing it uh, you're going to be getting your friends together and really digging into this one as well so we'll see how it goes whenever it comes out on the 14th of November, but if you want to get in on the beta, I would recommend pre-ordering Fallout 76, and unfortunately, that does seem to be the only way to get in early. I would assume there's going to be some kind of open beta. There has to be in 2018 because, you know, people don't like pre-ordering things. Uh, however, you know, I digress. We'll see what goes on with it, but I have faith that Bethesda is going to do it very, very well. Also in the chat, JDM Passion 67 says, hey, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. A bit different than the Mixer stream, as you can tell, this is a news show in the most professional sense, as I strayed my invisible tie. Uh, but the next story is related to the first, in that Fallout 76 will not be available on Steam. Fallout 76 will be exclusive to Bethesda.net. One of 2018's biggest games, Fallout 76, will not be available to buy on the world's largest PC gaming store, at least not at launch. A Bethesda spokesperson told PC Gamer that the upcoming beta for the full game for PC will be exclusively available on Bethesda's own site, not on Steam. The PC version of Fallout 76 for both the BETA, the beta as you would sound out, and launch will be available only on Bethesda.net, not on Steam, a Bethesda representative said. Bethesda marketing executive Pete Hines also tweeted about the Bethesda.net exclusivity for Fallout 76, confirming what we were you know, being said here. In releasing Fallout 76 through its own launcher, Bethesda avoids paying Steam operator Valve its cut of sales. Still, it's a noteworthy move to skip Steam in part because of the previous Fallout games that were released on Valve's store. Just because Fallout 76 won't launch on Steam right away doesn't mean it won't eventually come to the platform. As PC Gamer reminds us, Fallout Shelter launched as a Bethesda.net exclusive before eventually launching on Steam at a later date. 
The Fallout 76 beta starts in October, though specific start dates for PS4, Xbox One, and PC have not yet been announced. A line on the fact page says that this will be a full version of the game without progress or with progress, excuse me, carrying forward to the full release in November. Uh, you get the November 14th relaunch date, all of that good stuff. So, what we have here is another interesting fold to where it's going kind of the Epic Games route in my mind, where you have uh, the limitation brought back. You don't have to be confined within Steam. However, at the same time, I have the same kind of response to this as I do with what's going on with Fortnite being on other stores than Google Play, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, But overall, it's going to restrict the amount of players that are going to be getting into this game. Because people like ease of access people like to be able to you know get into something without having to go through a whole bunch of you know hoops to get there and so to download another launcher to get in there and really you know have to do a couple of extra steps is not something that's off-putting for people like me but for somebody that doesn't see the game on steam and isn't completely ingrained into the gaming culture then they might not even want to play it at all it makes it seem a little bit more difficult of course that may just be my opinion Uh, That's just the way that I see things. But overall, I think that it's going to be fine. Of course, everybody that loves Bethesda products is going to be wanting to play Fallout 76, and a large portion of those people are going to be on PC. Uh, But at the same time, I can't help but wonder why, Uh, aside from the fact that, of course, there are those Steam fees. But aside from that, why? More people would play the game, and you would make more revenue from people that were playing the game. I just don't know. Fallout games have always done so well on Steam. Fallout games have always done so well in Steam sales. I don't know why you would go ahead and go Bethesda.net route. I suppose maybe because it is kind of an online-based game and you want to be able to control that entire ecosystem whenever something goes awry. Uh, That could be one way to perceive this. But overall, it just seems uh, like something that's not a necessity for me. Uh, But... With that being said, it's still going to do very well. November 14th is going to be a fantastic day for gaming. Uh, Of course, Fallout is going to be changed forever with this new online component being brought in. And I'm sure that they will do more if it goes well. And I think that it will. Uh, After what I've seen with the Elder Scrolls Online, that game is a fantastic little online game. Uh, But overall... Still, kind of weird that they aren't going with the whole Steam route, but that's just me, you know. I'm sure it'll still, as I said, do very, very well. But enough Fallout 76 talk. Dota 2 veterans have been steamrolled by Artificial Intelligence team in an exhibition match. Next stop, the International. So these guys, as they look very disappointed, have been absolutely decimated by robots. Later this month, the best Dota team, uh, excuse me, Dota 2 teams in the world will meet in Vancouver for the biggest tournament of the year, the International. The annual contest consistently boasts the highest prize pool in esports is up to 23.5 million already this year. Not to mention the glory that comes with winning the prestigious event. It may not be long, however, before a team of non-human players becomes worthy of such success. This weekend, an all-bot roster of OpenAI 5 team took on a team of Dota 2 casters and ex-pro players that individually rank among some of the best in the world. OpenAI 5 won the best of three exhibition match convincingly, and the only reason the human took a game was thanks to a little help from the audience. OpenAI, a nonprofit research organization co-founded by Elon Musk, the guy that does Tesla and SpaceX, first used machine learning to teach a bot how to play Dota 2 last year. It was able to best various pro players in one-on-one games and took down the legendary Danil Dendi Ishutin, I think I said that correctly, in a live match at the International 2017. The bot wasn't unbeatable, however, and was still very one-dimensional. It had mastered just one of over 100 heroes, and Dota 2 is a complex team game. One-on-one matches test a very specific skill set that isn't the be-all and end-all of a proper match. OpenAI 5, the full team of bots working together, was the natural next step. The squad trains exclusively by sparring against itself, racking up 180 
180 years of playtime every day. In my, uh, mirror matches where both teams play the same heroes, OpenAI 5 has taken games off amateurs and semi-professional players alike, but this past weekend was all bots teams' toughest test yet. And of course, we could go on to learn more about what's going on here, but essentially humans got beat by robots. It's pretty insane, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so going on, we'll see how this continues to evolve. I'm sure that more and more bots are going to be going up against more and more humans. Uh, but it's just crazy to see how far we are going into the future in such a small amount of time. I know that sounds like something that's really out there and like metaphorical or metaphysical, whatever you want to call it. But overall, uh, it's really insane to see how fast AI is evolving and growing. And especially with Elon Musk backing this kind of research and uh, with more and more uh, intelligent people trying to figure out what's going on with AI and trying to enhance AI. Uh, we're going to be seeing more of this, but it's just a very interesting. It's almost like that one time that the robot from, I think it was IBM, uh, was on Jeopardy and absolutely decimated in Jeopardy. So that's very, very interesting. But overall, excited to see what the future of this kind of thing looks like. And it seems like it's going to be a very interesting thing to see unfold. Uh, but there you go. Dota 2 professionals have been decimated by what's going on with this robotic team. However, if you don't care anything about video games and you're more into shows, then you might be getting into video games because there is a Showtime Halo TV series that is featuring Master Chief as a lead character telling a brand new story. Master Chief will be a lead character in Showtime's upcoming Halo TV series. Showtime's president of programming, Gary Levine, told IGN, although he won't be the only protagonist in the series. The series is much an enormous undertaking, Levine said. The premium cable network is aiming to air the series in 2020 and confirmed that the series will take place in multiple locations on foreign planets, meaning that they'll likely shoot on a studio backlot rather than on location. During Showtime's panel at the Television Critics Association Summer Press Tour, Levine and Showtime president and CEO David Nevins shed some light on the hotly anticipated adaptation, which they declined to call their attempt at replicating the success of Game of Thrones. It's a very different genre. It's futuristic, space-based science fiction. It's not fantasy, Nevins points out. It took us a long time to get the script, but we felt like we had something that was really interesting and felt like it belonged on Showtime in terms of its character depth, and it's going to be a big show. We made a conscious decision to hire a writer not known for sci-fi and not known for big battle movies because that's already baked into the Halo franchise, and we will service that, but we also wanted to ensure that we were getting beneath the formidable armor of the Spartans and really getting inside the team drama so it felt like it belonged on Showtime, Levine added. As David said, our hopes and dreams are that it will have enormous appeal to Halo fans and will also appeal to Showtime drama fans. As for the difficulty of having lead character whose face you never see, Levine admitted that the aspect of Master Chief's character is a key question and an important part of our series, is all I'll say. When asked if the show would tell an original story or draw from the existing source material, Levine said, It's a new story, but we are being incredibly respectful of the canon and working with the Microsoft 343 people to ensure we don't violate any of that. Kyle Killen, awake, will write and serve as a showrunner, with Rise of the Planet of the Apes director Rupert Wyatt helming multiple episodes in the 10-episode first season. The show has not yet started production, but Nevins confirmed his, uh, he, excuse me, he has read scripts and feels that Killen will create a brilliant, expansive world that will position Halo as Showtime's most ambitious series ever. So as a Halo fan, this is incredibly confirming of my hopes and dreams that this is going to be good. Uh, you know, there's so much story that can be told in the world of Halo, because I kind of got into the series and the franchise late in life as compared to most people. I started playing Halo around when I was 12 or 13. Uh, whenever I first bought an Xbox 360 after having spent many, many years on the PlayStation 3. And uh, I love Halo. I love the combat of it. I love the story of it. Overall, there's a lot of stuff to love in the world of Halo. Uh, but to see a series coming to Showtime seems to be a new turn for the franchise and a new turn for the IP because you don't normally get that 
in-depth of a story. Of course, you do have a ton of lore, but the story is never really... What brings people back time and time again? Because essentially, it's just a couple of tweaks to the formula to make another Halo game. I know that that's kind of offensive to some Halo fans, but at the same time, it's true. Sorry, swallow your pride. Uh, So hopefully with Showtime, it will be the Game of Thrones of sci-fi. Hopefully we will see more of this, and hopefully this will enhance the storytelling in future games as well and kind of raise that up to a new level of expectation. I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, So I would love to see more of that. Uh, But to have Master Chief as a main character, I think, is a key to bring fans back. Because we've seen stuff that is in the Halo universe before, as far as the TV series goes, uh, that isn't really appealing because it doesn't feature Master Chief. Master Chief is Halo. You have to have some kind of Master Chief in the game. Uh, I mean, we've seen that before with Reach, which was a fantastic game, but Master Chief wasn't one of the main, you know, entities in that title. And so it isn't necessarily ousted as not being part of the franchise. Franchise. Many people say that Halo Reach is the best. I would say it's probably up there as one of the best as far as a gameplay and storytelling perspective goes, but it doesn't feature Master Chief, so many people forego it. Uh, in fact, I don't believe that it's included directly with the Master Chief collection. I could be wrong about that, uh, but um, I'm trying to think, was it? Ooh. I could be wrong about that. You can correct me in the comment section down below or hit me up on Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy if you did want to do that. Uh, but overall, to see that Halo is coming to Showtime is exciting, and to hear that it's going well is also exciting. Uh, and to hear all these big, like, Rise of the Planet of the Apes directors and stuff, ooh, that sounds really good to me. But I'm excited to see more about this, and I will continue following up on this as more info rolls down the pipe, as more development and enhancements come down the line but Fortnite for Android may launch on Samsung's app store now this is a follow-up from a story that we talked about yesterday that broke a few days ago but I was on vacation sorry I didn't have a life uh, but leaked code showed it also might be available for the company's tab s4 device which would be really interesting as well Global gaming phenomenon Fortnite is coming to the Android platform sometime this summer, but Epic said it wouldn't show up in the Google Play Store. Now there's evidence of how it will be distributed. Newly leaked code seems to show that Fortnite will be available on Samsung's App Store. This lends more credence to reports that the game will be a Samsung exclusive. In addition, the just-released Galaxy Tab S4 may be able to run the game along with the upcoming Galaxy Note 9. While it sounds as if Android users will still be able to download the app via Samsung's App Store or even sideload the APK onto other Android devices, the software may prevent them from running it unless they're using a Tab S4 or Note 9. Skipping the Google Play Store allows Epic to distribute the game without paying a standard 30% cut to Google for in-app purchases. However, Samsung charges a similar cut, so that may not be the only reason Epic is bypassing Google's app marketplace. It's a complicated thing here. Of course, we talked about this a bit yesterday with um, the reveal that it would not be on the the Google Play Store. And that's still a kind of soft spot for me. I don't like that. I think that it's a big mistake uh, because Fortnite still needs to be where people can get it accessibly. And I don't think that is going to be the Samsung Store. I don't think that's going to be sideloading it off of a shady website, uh, which the shady website would be Epic Games. But you know what I'm saying? People don't like going to the browser and downloading something for their phone. It's complicated. Um, And again, it depends on how easy that process is. Uh, That correlates directly with Fortnite's success on Android phones. However, that's a topic for another day, maybe even another video. Uh, However, with the Samsung exclusivity, I think that's going to be a timed thing, and I think that it's going to be one that hurts Fortnite in the long run, but still, whenever something is so absolutely massive, it's kind of like stabbing Godzilla with a pocket knife. It doesn't matter how hindered the game actually is. It doesn't matter how hindered or, or difficult it is for people to download and install the game. It's still just a Goliath that many 
many, many kids will jump through hoops to get to. And so uh, to see that it's coming to Android is exciting. To see that it's kind of in this weird, like, exclusive way, it is what it is. Uh, but at the same time, it's not going to do any kind of damage to Fortnite overall at all. None. Let me make it very clear. So hopefully we will see more about it coming to Google Play at some point. Hopefully it will come to the Samsung App Store and it will be available on every Samsung device. I don't know because that makes up the bulk of what is in Android. Uh, we'll have to continue to see what happens. But, um, you know, I've never noticed this. For audio listeners, there's this wallpaper that is very traditional whenever you're talking about Fortnite. For many people to use as thumbnails and backgrounds. Uh, but it has the lady character. I don't know what her name is or what, how, what the skin's called. But she has a sniper rifle and she's looking down upon this giant field that has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different forts and then she's up on top of something she's built or whatever and i just realized that the idea behind fortnite battle royale was to actually build up a fort and then assault other people's forts instead of just running around doing miscellaneous stuff and chasing somebody down and hitting them with a sniper rifle from 500 yards i just realized that the entire idea behind fortnite was to pretty much have a base building battle royale that didn't work out now did it anyways that's just my two cents on that that was completely in a little rabbit hole, but hey, like I said, light episode today, we've got time. And the final story of the day, Microsoft joins Movies Anywhere service for Xbox and Windows 10. Microsoft is joining Disney's Movies Anywhere service this week. The software giant's movies and TV app on Xbox and Windows 10 will support Movies Anywhere, allowing you to access digital movies from services like iTunes, Google Play Movies, Vudu, Amazon Video, and more. This also means any purchases made using a Microsoft account on an Xbox or Windows 10 PC will sync to the Movies Anywhere service and be available on other platforms. Disney, Sony, 20th Century Fox, Universal, and Warner Brothers are currently supporting Movies Anywhere, so most titles will be supported by the service. Xbox and Windows 10 users can simply link their Microsoft account to an existing or new Movies Anywhere account to sync purchased movies. Microsoft was one of the last major holdouts of Movies Anywhere, but Xbox and Windows 10 users will be happy to see the company finally support that service. Unfortunately, Movies Anywhere is still limited to just U.S. customers right now, though. Uh, so we have that official announcement and we have that trailer, but essentially if you like movies, if you like diving into the world of cinema, uh, then you can check out Movies Anywhere, as the title actually does say. But with Disney, with Warner Brothers, uh, 20th Century Fox, Sony Universal, that's a lot of films. Uh, and it's always good to be able to have that cross-platform accessibility when it comes to all media, including games, but also including movies. Because to buy one thing somewhere and then have to buy it another place and have it installed in another way, it's... It's a big, complicated mess, nine times out of ten, but to see movies anywhere coming to essentially everything, that does give me hope that you have, you know, pretty much a, a synergy going on between companies where it's like, hey, let's just let these poor people enjoy their movies instead of worrying about installing things anywhere. So, if you do want to check out Movies Anywhere, it is out now. Uh, you can check it out on the Xbox, on Windows 10, on a lot of other things that have the Movies Anywhere app, uh, but apparently it's owned by Disney, and it seems to be a pretty good little option here if you did want to jive into that. Jive? Sure, why not? Uh, but of course, you have a ton of different films in that category from Google Play, Fandango Now, ooh, Voodoo, oh yeah, everybody loves Voodoo, apparently. It's like one step above Crackle. But if you did want to jump in and do that, then you can have your Rocky Marathon, your Deadpool Marathon, whatever you need to have, and you can get it done very quickly. But that wraps it up for today's episode of the... Dr uh, 
<laughs> That's another series I do. Caffeinate. I thank you guys for being here. If you did enjoy the show, be sure to click a like down below on YouTube. If you're watching on another service, then it's probably pirated because I don't really upload this anywhere else. But if you did want to leave me a rating over there on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you might be listening to the podcast, I would appreciate it very much. If you want to drop me some applause over on Anchor, then I would thank that as well. Uh, but overall... I want to thank you guys for watching this particular episode of the show. Love you guys very much. Thank you for joining me. And also to Decky in the chat who came in just a little bit late as compared to the regular time that he comes in. Welcome, my friend, and I hope you have a fantastic day. But I love you guys very much. I will talk to you soon, and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.